Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zandbergen. Welcome to our show of Dream Chasers and Wealth Makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio t- today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring you in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about what they have learned and what you need to know today. And today, we have a, a repeat offender <laughs> back <laughs> almost exactly one year ago. Yes, it is. That's crazy. Uh, Chris Gelinella. Right. You said it right, too, Mark. I said it right. Gelinella from New Jersey. That's right. Jersey boy in the house. <laughs> so Chris has a, a, a wonderful past. Um, started out, you, it looks like you kind of started in politics, right? Or you were going down that path was, I, before you got into publishing? I did do the politics route at yeah. some point in my life after college. Yeah. Moved to D.C., worked on the Hill. Yeah. And now here I am living in Southern California. Yeah. Running magazines. So how does that happen, right? <laughs> Who knows? Well, why, don't you, why don't you give a little brief background as, as to how that happened? Yeah. So, Bart, good to see you again. Thanks for having me on the show. Likewise. I always enjoy chatting with you and yeah. seeing you. Um, I started my career um, in Los Angeles in, what was it, 1994. I moved out here from Jersey, and I worked for a company that um, distributed press releases, videos, movies. So I had the... Um, Academy Award list. So I was like, you know, the most sought out guy in town. I got all the free movies, went to all the fun parties. So that was sort of my first job out of college. Nothing's really changed there. (laughs) You're still... I'm kind of doing the same thing (laughs) in 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 another light. And then I moved to the magazine world in 2000 with Modern Luxury. I started with Angelino Magazine, knocking on doors, hitting people up for ads and doing all that stuff, which... I kind of do today too, right? So not a lot has changed in 20 years. So now I oversee the Southern California market from Palm Springs to Orange County. So that's kind of my world. And I love connecting and meeting people and being out and about. So it's great, Bart, that we get to a year later, we're doing what we did last year at this time, right? Before the shutdown. Yeah, just kind of starting. I do have to ask, I know we've had several conversations, we're friends, and I know your son is in to politics, at least it's a passion of his. Is that yes. anything to do with the, you uh, and your Yeah, your you know, it's origins? funny. Oh, I didn't even tell you. Yeah, so I did work for a congressman in my congressman from New Jersey, yeah. Dean Gallo, right after college and worked on the Hill, loved it. And then after a while, my parents said, are you going to get a job that's going to pay any money? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I guess I have to do that. So anyway, my yeah. political j- career ended because <laughs> I simply couldn't get paid to do it. Yeah. So I wound up moving back to New Jersey. But maybe it's in my son's like, I don't DNA know, maybe it's something? in his DNA because he started a nonprofit called GovLearn, and originally it was about educating the youth how politics works. So basically he felt there was a lack of education in the elementary middle schools for kids to really learn yeah. what does the legislative branch do, what does the president do. So really he felt that there was something missing, and the goal is when these kids turn 18, they can make an educated vote. So it's a nonpartisan um, organization that yeah. he started. He's on year four. We just got our 503. I never know their correct word. 5013C. Say, my son always C3. wants to hit C3. Thank you. Thank you, Bart. <laughs> That's Luke's world. So uh, now we're fundraising and, you know, yeah. trying to find ways to get the word out. He's going to be on CBS News in, I think, in three weeks. We just filmed the segment. Wow. So and he's at, killing it. At the ripe old age of? He's 15. <laughs> so I started this at nine yeah. and now he's 15. Yeah. So that's what he's doing. All right. You'll have to have him on the show. 
Wow. Right? I don't know if I could keep up with them politically. <laughs> no, there's no way. There's no way. You never know. Yeah. So we were chatting. We we've de- we determined that we were together on the show probably a week before, we'll call it the shutdown last March. Correct. So here we yeah. are a year later. And so, we were talking about things that just never happened at that time, right? Because yeah. we were- We had events coming up. So many events that were yeah. wound up getting canceled and yeah. who knew what the world was going to be like, yeah, right? Or right. little did we know. We thought it was temporary too. I remember thinking, yeah. okay, three weeks, my son has spring break, yeah. then I'll be back at school, but right. that did not happen. Wow, what a year. What yeah. A year. But you know, it was interesting. Uh, it was a very interesting year for us in the publishing world because obviously I think the word that everyone's using is pivot which we had to do as well. And we started doing a lot more meaningful things. Obviously, modern luxury has always been about luxury lifestyle, shopping, travel, dining, but it just didn't make any sense to, to talk about those things, especially when people were losing their jobs and people were losing their homes and you know this disease was hurting and killing so many people. So we actually did an issue back in May called the Hope Issue we honored all the frontline workers from police officers to doctors to some celebrities and what they were doing. So it was actually a really meaningful issue for us. And, you know, in my job at the time was really trying to find revenue because we lost a lot of revenue at the time of advertisers. And it made sense, like nobody was shopping, nobody was traveling. So why put an ad in? So we did different types of ads. We had thank you ads and things like that. So it turned out to be a very nice issue. Uh, Mr. Brainwash, who's a great artist up in LA, he did our cover which was a balloon and the balloon represented, you know, all of America and we're all one. And it was actually kind of meaningful for us. So, you know, we got through it and here we are today, Bart, (laughs) you know? So have, is there a significant change in even the last month or so with what you're seeing was way in the way of advertisers, activity, et cetera? Yeah, we're seeing it. Obviously, I've always been optimistic and I always kind of looked at the bright side of everything and Now we're seeing an upswing and we're seeing, you know, hospitality is coming back and retail. And I think at some point, you know, we're hearing the roaring 20s, but I think the economy is going to be on fire, you know, especially Q3, Q4, once everyone is ready to get back to work and this vaccine is doing what it's meant to do for those who decided to get the vaccine. I think we're going to be back to a really good place. And I think we've all been locked up long enough that I think everyone's going to be ready to move on and enjoy life again. All right, everyone, you've heard it here first. The economy is picking up steam. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. According to Chris. But, you know, it's funny. Some of the uh, categories of business like real estate has been on fire all year. Unbelievable. Which we can't believe. You know, who would have thought that would have happened? But I guess, you know, people are building, you know, and moving into, you know, second homes and really want to be out and enjoy their homes a lot more. Yeah. You know, creating these utopia lifestyles and your home is now your vacation. So we're seeing right. a lot of that. And areas like the desert and, and um, Big Bear where, where, you know, moderately priced homes have gone off the chart oh, because they're exactly. within driving distance, right? Yeah, flying. no, so exactly. There's always lemonade out of lemons. As no, as I, I agree. And Palm Springs is on fire. I'm spending a lot more time out there. Um, we're, they're seeing an influx of so many you know, Southern California people from Orange County, San Diego, LA, all moving out to the desert. You're right. Yeah. It's, and I did go to Big Bear a couple times, which, you know, I kind of like it in a way because I think we're all so used to getting on planes and traveling to all these destinations, but we have so many great things in our backyard. Right in the right? backyard. Yep. So I think that's been a, a nice touch point of this pandemic that we could actually enjoy what's around us. Right. 
I think there's, I mean, we could spend a whole show just on those touch points of how people's lives have changed, what they're doing differently now. And I'm quite frankly, I think there's a lot of people, myself included, that there's things that they're, you know, once did, they're doing differently now and may never go back. No, exactly. I agree. I mean, you've got that beautiful new office, Bart. Congratulations. Thank I you. mean, Appreciate it's it. phenomenal. <laughs> and you've been doing this, you know, connecting people through the podcast world for a while. What changes have you kind of seen happening in, in this world? Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of interesting. We pivot, we adapt, right? So our world went remote, you know, and so instead of face-to-face meetings, we were, we've all done, you know, I guess Zoom is like the new, like the Kleenex, right? So it's the <laughs> teleconferencing <laughs> word. So, um, so that certainly has been a change. But we're, what we're also seeing now is that people are feeling more comfortable. People are getting vaccinated. They want to get out. They want to see people. Um, I think there's been a lot more introspection as to what's important. You know, part of my job is to, is to make sure that people reach their goals and objectives. And we've seen a you know, an adjustment in what those goals and objectives are. I see people spending more time with their family and loved ones, and guess what? They're actually enjoying it. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, we all got the gift of time, right, which I think is awesome, and you can't ever take take that away. So we're blessed that we've got great families that we actually like to be around, right, (laughs) right. up to a point, right? (laughs) But uh, it's it's been a remarkable thing, especially, you know, we all have kids, and my kid's a, a high schooler, and uh, I have to say, in the beginning, he was excited about being home and virtual learning. But then after a while, it's like, where's the socialization? Yeah. Where's the meeting up with friends at the mall and all that kind of good stuff? So, yeah. you know, I'm looking forward to him getting back to a good place because yeah. I couldn't imagine being in, you know, in high school in New Jersey in this situation with my parents, you know, it would be <laughs> yeah. crazy, yeah. you know? So I, I think there's there's a lot to learn and I think our kids are, are going to be better for it in the end. Yeah. For there's sure. a lot to learn and there's a lot to be learned. I mean, I, I believe the history books will will tell us, you know, in years from now, we'll look back and, you know, in the way of mental health and the way of business and finance and, and really more about the disease. So I think everyone's doing the best they can, making decisions the best that they can. You know, yeah. clearly not all of them were probably the best, but we do the best we can. You do the best you can. And even, you know, we're all, and you've been like me. I mean, you've been, you know, out and about doing your thing and trying to get out there and- yeah you know, be seen and I'm, I'm kind of doing the same. So, I mean, for me, I don't like to sit home all day and be on Zoom. I, I feel I want to be in front of people and obviously keeping the safe distance. So, yeah. you know, I've, I've been lucky that I, I've been able to do that and knock on wood, I've been okay so far. So yeah. Yeah. who knows? <laughs> who knows? So um, what's what are some new highlights with uh, Riviera? What's going to happen now? Well, it's funny. I'm planning our first event, which ah. you'll be invited to. Ah. Uh, we're hosting a small dinner party. I think that's going to be really something new that we're going to start doing is more of these intimate gatherings that have a lot more meaning. I yeah. think the days of the big red carpet events with all these people coming and yeah. eating, and uh, it's going to kind of change. So yeah. we're doing more of a dinner party style event. Uh, my friend Ron Salisbury, who owns the cannery and Louis on the Bay, oh, yeah. he's going to be hosting um, a little gathering through one of our whiskey partners, uh, Garrison Brothers. So we're going to be doing a small uh, dinner party at the end of May. All right. Is it the end of May? Yeah. March, April, April May. Wait, end of April? End of May. Sorry. <laughs> Upcoming. I can't, I, can't, I can't keep track of these dates. Um, so anyway, that's going to be, I'm sorry, the end of March. Oh, end of March. Is in that's like, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Sorry. 
I'm planning that right now. So again, it's connecting people. And I think also everyone's going to want to have a voice. Everyone's going to want to be around and really talk about what they've been through over the past year. Yeah. I remember we launched Riviera Magazine on September 11th of 2001. And that week, we were planning on having our launch party. And we were questioning, is it appropriate to have a party on the week of September 11th? But we actually had the gathering on that Thursday. I think it was September 14th or so. Yeah. And honestly, everyone really was happy to get out of their house, talk about what was happening in the world. And again, I think that's what everyone's going to want. You know? yeah. So obviously, we're going to keep socially distant. Everyone's going to have masks on and we're going to do yeah. it right. But I think everybody really misses that that in-person meeting. You know, yeah. The Zooms can go a long way, but I think it's time to do that. So we're starting again to get into that world of smaller, intimate events. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. We run into the same thing, obviously, just having opened the office about a month ago and I'm getting, I'm going to call it pressure. People are excited. Like, when are you having your open house party? The answer is, well, we can't do the big party that we had hoped, at least not now. Yeah. So um, what we're thinking about doing is having just some really small, intimate, you know, pockets of, of you know, mingling open house. And then maybe at some point when it's when it's very safe, maybe in the summer. And you get to really have quality conversations with people. Yeah. I mean, you've you've seen me at some of these big events where I have like a second to say hello to somebody and then you're running off to the next person. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. All of it, to yeah. be honest with you. So Bart, you are, you always ask so many questions of everybody. <laughs> I want to turn the tables a little bit. Oh, all right. I want to ask you some things that, that <laughs> I'm really curious about. So obviously the year, like we said, has been a whirlwind for you. And like in your world of wealth management and, you know, how is it evolving throughout COVID? So, you know, I think the, the connection with our clients has gotten stronger, um, be it Zoom or whatever, um, just because the thought process more is, is has, well, first of all, has changed. Like I mentioned earlier, what's important to us now? Um, is it you know, the parties and going out, or is it really just kind of focusing on family, focusing on health, focusing, uh, health has been a big one, by the way, focusing mm -hmm. on health, um, and, and, you know, health longevity and, um, just being around people, you know, family and, and, and friends. And it's interesting. So you launched your own practice, the Zambergen Group, after 30 years as a wealth advisor. What inspired you to do this? Like what inspired this change? So it's something that um, I've thought of, you know, I, so like you said, I'm, it's like 29 years in business, almost 30. And, you know, probably 10 years in, I always thought, you know, it would be, it was, how wonderful, you know, to, to have your own firm. Um, I had some great associations. I've always had my own practice. I've just been associated with other firms. Um, and, you know, the things happen in life sometimes that look like, you, know, you go, why did this happen? This seems like such a terrible thing. Um, and at the end, it ends up being one of the best things that's ever happened. Well, right, I don't want right. to go into the details. That's kind of what happened for me. Um, and what, again, it seemed really awful. Uh, I'm now looking back, you know, it's been about six months since we started the firm. And um, the, more, the, the most frequent question I get is, well, why haven't you done this earlier? It seems like, you know, you should have done this. But I really wanted more, more flexibility, more leadership in the direction, knowing to take not only the firm and, and, and uh, recommendations to my clients, et cetera. And so... That's, that's where I am. And now you get to focus more intimate time with your clients, you know, for for your firm. And they'll yeah. probably appreciate it a lot more as well. I think so. They to seem you. to, yeah. And then basically, so you focus on true wealth, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's the majority of your practice. 
Um, can you describe to everyone out there, what does that really mean, true wealth? So it's a, it's a concept that a couple of years into the to my business, I started to think about. So let me let me ask you. So when you hear the word wealth, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I mean, uh, first thing, see. just gut reaction. Wealth, uh, success. Okay, great. Yeah, success. is that what people say? Um, wealth, <laughs> money, money, abundance. Okay, right. And, yeah, and I certainly think that's one of the components. But right. I've spent years kind of creating what I think are the tenets of true wealth. And first of all, so my definition of true wealth is things that money cannot buy and death cannot take away. Mm-hmm. So if you right. look at it in that yeah. perspective, there's you know there's quite a few. The first to me is health. I think health is the ultimate wealth. I agree. There's so many times, I've seen it over and over where, where people, like drivers like you and I work so hard, and, and this isn't you and I, but people like us, um, and will do whatever they can to obtain their financial wealth, right? At the expense of their health, we see it all the time. And then they spend their latter years utilizing the wealth that they've created rapidly to try to regain their wealth, their health. And so it's it's a it's a terrible it's loop. Like the opposite effect, yeah. right? And I feel like health always has to come first because if you feel so good about if you're taking care of your health, obviously you'll be more successful to build your wealth. Right. That's kind of how I look at it. Oh, 100%. For sure. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you all the tenants. We can spend some time if you want. So it's health. It's family and friends, just kind of seeking deeper relationships, um, spiritual. I think, you know, recogni- the recognition or feeling that there is a, a greater being. You know, everyone has their own. For me, it's God. Other people have others. It's whatever it is. Interesting study, and I cannot remember which book. It was a very popular book, or is. And they did a study of thousands of centurions, centurions, people who are over 100. Right. And there was a lot of commonalities, but one of them was, there was five commonalities, but one was they all had a belief in a higher being. And by the way, the other Mm. ones were none of them were vegetarians and they all drank. Right. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. (laughs) And smoked at some point in their lives too, right? I didn't see the hear that one. But I think service, service to others, and that's a way of giving and philanthropy. Um, legacy, like putting a stamp on the future. What what can I do today to leave leave my family, leave my life, leave my what I've left behind better than than if I was not here? Um, peace, you know, more meaning in life, freedom from disturbance. Um, the invisibles, and my wife actually helped me with this one as I was creating this list over the years, she, and she threw out the word the invisibles. I'm like, what do you mean by that, honey? And she and you know, great examples like the other day. You know, my five-year-old came up and just out of the blue gave me a big hug. I love you, Papa. Like, she's like invisible. Like, yeah, you can't. What kind of price can you put on that? You can't put a price on that. Yeah, and what else do you call it? It's an invisible. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, Passions. What are you passionate about, Uh right? And then the last one, we can't forget it, it is finance, right? So a feeling of abundance. So to me, that's what I that I work in helping my clients with is we look at, yes, you have some financial goals and we're going to you know seek to make sure you have your financial abundance, but let's not let any of these other things go away. I have, I, I've seen a number of people who are financially in amazing shape and depressed, right? So money isn't everything. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, who is the guy in New York City? Uh, Bernie Madoff. I mean- what he did and all the money he had at one point. Now look at him now. You know, it's yeah. just crazy. Money does not buy success and, and wealth. 
and you wind up, you know, in, in yeah. a situation that you don't want to be in. Right. You know, it's right. sorry to go down that dark road of bringing <laughs> yeah. up Mr. Madoff. Sure, this. bring someone in my industry, <laughs> throw a black eye at me. <laughs> but uh, but speaking of um, you, Bart, we're going to feature you in our upcoming Power Players feature that's going to run in June. And I'm excited about, about it. That, so we, oh, well, we're thrilled to have you be a part of it. You know, I love this issue because I think, again, it's going to get, it's kind of like the issue that we're kind of reopening the doors and reimagining the magazine and really seeing the business leaders and what they've been doing. But what does like power, what does the word power players mean, mean to you, Bart? You know, I, my gut response is, for me, a power player is a difference maker. Right, so when I got in this business, I transit. I transitioned from um, completely different business career. I was in the um, IT, and at the end of the day, I woke up one day and said, "I just want to make a difference in people's lives." So the ability to to do that, um, that's what it, that's really what it means to me. Yeah, and you, I I love that, and obviously you've made such a a, a change in Orange County's business, uh, I'll say platform, because you are someone who cares. You care about what you do. You care about yourself. You care about your family. And I see you out there. I see you on social media. And I really, you could tell just by who you are, you're someone that people want to be around. I think people trust you, Bart. And I think people really want to invest in you as a person, whether it's personally or, or business-wise, because you kind of have it out there. And I think for me, that that's what makes somebody a power player, someone who has power, but uses it in a very smart way. And I think that's well, that's that's very, who you are, Bart. Well, that's very, very kind. Expect all these compliments, for, did you? For, for those who can't see me, I'm very red right now. I'm <laughs> blushing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's interesting with social media being so strong, uh, the magazine world has changed quite a lot. Where I imagine. We have a lot of people who want to brand themselves, and we all have a brand. Everyone has their Facebook profile. Everyone has their Instagram. And so we kind of want to elevate that a bit. You know, and that's kind of what where we've seen success in, in the publishing world is mm-hmm. profiling individuals and doing a lot more in, in that sense because everyone in my eyes is a celebrity, yeah. right? I really yeah. I really believe that. Yeah. So we like to bring those things to life. So we're thrilled to have you be a part of Power Players and hopefully we'll have uh we'll be doing a celebration for Power Players soon, but I'll keep you posted yeah. on when that is. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm looking forward. Yeah. Hey, you must have some, I know you have some, not you must, I know you have some awesome stories of all the people you've met and events you've been to. Uh, one, does one rise to the top? You know, the one that always rises to the top, and I'll fill you in, I was at a charity <laughs> event in Hollywood about 2018 because it came up on my, my Facebook memories. And I don't usually get starstruck, but there's certain people who really do it, do it to me. And one of them was Robert De Niro, right? So I was at a dinner and I, he was sitting couple tables away and, you know, you just, the no-no is don't go up to someone's table <laughs> yeah. and while they're eating and say, hey, can I? anyway, I, I didn't know what to do because I really wanted to meet him. Yeah. And it was sort of like he came through the back door, you know, we sat down and then I knew he was going to be out the door any minute now. So I had yeah. to like, let me get in there. So I went in and I actually tripped. <gasps> uh, as I was saying hello to him, I tripped and it was super embarrassing. I had got up and I said, look, I said, I'm not that guy, but I've been a big fan, blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay, son, what, what, what do you want? And I said, I'd love to shake your hand and maybe take a picture. So we took a picture and, you know, I was so embarrassed, Bart, because it's so not who I am. But when I got the picture back, there was someone, what do they call those people behind you that make that funny face? Oh, right yeah. In there? Yeah. What is that called, Danielle? I don't remember what Photo they, 
Photobomber. A photobomber. <laughs> this random photobomber in the middle of my head and Robert De Niro's head. And I'm like, if it couldn't get any worse. But it actually symbolized how yeah. much of a hot mess that, that yeah. moment of life was. But he was, he was you know, he was nice. Yeah. And he took the picture. But yeah. God, did I feel stupid. So now I, knew, I do not have to ask my follow-up question, which is, what was your most embarrassing moment oh, in your career? Oh, that was pretty embarrassing. I, I should have. Sounds- this is a really embarrassing moment. And I'm not going <laughs> to give any names out, but... You have to learn whenever you send an email out, always make sure you'd want 10 people in the room to read it, right? And it makes sense. Anyway, I had just gotten back to work after my son was born and I had lunch with a client and the client didn't ask me one question about having a baby, what it was like to be a father. It was all about what they were doing. Yeah. And I was quite frankly disgusted, right? <laughs> So I had gotten home and I remember that night I had sent an email to a coworker saying how awful this person is and I didn't really appreciate it and blah, blah, blah. Well, I wound up sending that email to that person. <laughs> and it wasn't those days where, you know, you get on your phone. It was like, so I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? So I called um, this person's assistant who I had a relationship with and explained what happened. <laughs> and I said, look, is there any way you can get into the emails? And because you had to go into the office to like delete the email, yeah. they wound up doing that so it never really came to fruition that anything had oh. happened but it was pretty pretty awful and my heart was what beating. a stressful night <laughs> my part was beating like oh my god oh my god because you don't you just i don't know I, I i learned never put anything in writing like that you know it's a, it's a, a good lesson in business right bart all right so i'm, I'm putting that one down as, yeah as, yeah as so be careful with that one <laughs> but yeah all right other than that any ultimate lessons learned <laughs> You know, one thing I learned, and obviously I've been with Modern Luxury for 20 years, I feel like I'm interviewing a lot of people for positions and I'm meeting people who have been in a job for six months, four months. People move on a lot these days. And I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that, but where's like the dedication? Where's the loyalty to, to businesses anymore? I feel like something lacking in sort of maybe that younger generation where everyone's always searching for something better. And I, I just feel that, you know, in today's world, I'd love to find people who have passion and really want to make something a go and, and make it work, you know? So probably one of the hardest people to interview when, when I have a job interview because I see their resumes and I'm always like, what? <laughs> what Four months here, six months there? Like, I, I yeah. don't get it. Yeah. So I wish there were people who were more loyal did yeah. I even answer your question? I don't even know what the question was now. <laughs> I think I went on a tangent. Ultimate lesson learned, but I think you're, yeah, loyalty. I like loyalty. Yeah. Right? I think that should be a nice lesson. Yeah. Right? So anyway. So while I'm not, so I'm, I'm going to play off that for a second. So while I'm not a huge sports fan, one, one thing I don't really understand, although I kind of do because everything, everything goes around money, right? Especially in sports. Mm-hmm. How a player like, I'm just going to pick him out because he's the obvious one. Um, and I don't think it was his decision, but someone like a Tom Brady who has spent his entire career with uh, the Patriots and everyone there loves him and right. has done such a great job. It would seem to me from a loyalty standpoint, either with the team owners or him, and again, not knowing enough of sports to know who made that decision, but why don't you end your career with the, with the, with the team that, 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 that you spent all this time with, that you were associated with. So, and it's not just him. Yeah. There's, there's many players that seem to Well, what he did that was so remarkable is that he took everything he knew and brought it to a team that really needed the help and brought them to be Super Bowl victors, which I think is remarkable. 
Including oh, he's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's a really smart guy, Tom Brady, and I think yeah. he his leadership is is up there. I mean, God bless that guy. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. Didn't he just sign a contract for how many more years? Oh, I don't even five, know. I is it five? five? So he'll be my age, and he's still playing football. Yeah, yeah. he's forty five right now or forty four. Something even know how old like he that. Is. Do you know Danielle? How old Tom Brady is? She don't look well, it up. She's gonna look. <laughs> she don't look it up. But I'm excited. I think, um, especially what's happening in Southern California, I think everyone's going to be ready to go back to like baseball games and, you know, the new stadium is coming where the Rams are going to be. And yeah. so there's just so many great things to look forward to. And I think we really need some good light at the end of this tunnel, right? It just seems like people are chomping at the bit. I mean, there's been a huge comparison, and I, no politics here in this conversation, but uh, Florida versus California and Florida, I mean, the beaches, there's spring break and, and all what's happening there. I know California's taking a different path. So, well, I guess we'll see, but we'll but see. The but, point is yeah. people are ready. People are ready, but they do say California's economy is going to be on fire. So we're sitting in the right place right now, Bart, right? Yeah. So hopefully we'll see people happy, people spending money, people enjoying themselves and people being healthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so again, folks, you've heard it. Chris Jelinella, <laughs> Economics 101, California. All right, there you go. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, we're just about out of time. Anything else we need to know about um, the So one thing I want to know about you. So during this pandemic, you obviously you've been spending a lot of time at home. Hmm. Are, you, are you cooking now? Are you mixing fun cocktails? Like what's your favorite thing to cook? <laughs> I always like that question. Yeah, great question. So um, oddly enough, my wife, who has never been much of a, of a chef, has really kind of stepped up. Ooh. So I've 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 kind of fallen off the reservation, so to speak. I'm usually eat very plain, very clean, and okay. so it's, it's hard when she brings out something that might be a little more sauce than I'm used to. Um, so it doesn't happen every night. But generally speaking, I kind of stick to the same old, just plain, the basic chicken, sweet potato, uh-huh. <laughs> old school. Yeah. yeah. All right, I hear. How you. about you? Mine's always meatballs. I mean, the Jersey boy in me. Yeah. I love meatballs. I'm actually doing a meatball bake-off with an actor named Louis Lombardi. You may know him. He was on 24, The Sopranos. We did a pizza bake-off, and he's from the Bronx. I'm from New Jersey. Yeah. And it was kind of fun. It's something that was brought together through this pandemic. Hey, yeah. let's let's do something fun virtually. But we got together, and he actually won the pizza bake-off. But I challenged him to a meatball one, so that's going to be happening very soon. And oh. when, when they try my meatballs, forget about it. So, All right, so I know you're not we'll going to tell us the, the recipe. Oh, I can't. <laughs> but my grandmother, God rest her soul, did give me her, her – we call it her gravy pot because yeah. in New Jersey we call it gravy, not sauce. Yeah. And literally, I think that's the secret ingredient Whoa. is actually this amazing pot that was her mother's yeah. that I, I own. It's like if there's a fire in my house, yeah. that's what I'm going after first, <laughs> right? Do you cook the meatballs? In, can you answer this? Can sure. You, can you, do you cook it in the sauce? I know that's So I, I, I lightly <clears throat> fry them in oil because I feel yeah. like they need to have that really cool, like, yeah. uh, crusty, rough edge. And then I cook them in the so- in the gravy. Yeah, in I the gravy. It, I don't call it sauce part. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that that's something that I love about being home so much is cooking and doing things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I know for sure that you've kept your fitness program going. You said you were doing something yeah. at home. Except for the chicken wings I had today, but yeah. Yeah, we will I, talk about that. I've been enjoying uh, the Zoom classes online, met a lot of great people. I do a class a couple of days a week with a guy in the UK, huh. um, which is great. He yeah. does boxing. I do a yoga class. I do another one with a guy in New York named Kyle Axman. I do some of his classes. And now I'm back at you know my gym here in Newport yeah. Beach, Stark. Yeah. So I'm yeah. doing my thing there and, you know, 
they've been through the mill and they're trying to pivot what they're doing as well yeah. with virtual. But it's nice to be back. Obviously, everyone's safe and doing their thing. But yeah. honestly, I, I feel good. I feel healthy. And, you know, I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready to tackle the world again. Yeah. Health is the ultimate wealth. <clears throat> you got it. You said it first. <laughs> All right. So, How can people reach you for uh, anything, especially anything. advertising? Yeah. Well, hey, you want to advertise, <laughs> you can reach out to me even on Instagram at yeah. Christopher Gia, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-G-I-A. Send me a DM or you can go to uh, modernluxurymedia.com and look at our all our magazines. We're in 22 markets across the country. We've got 80, 85 brands at this point. So- we're everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Anyway, I'm very reachable. Right. I'm very approachable. And again, I love to talk to everybody. So <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> well, it's so, it's so odd that you like to talk. It doesn't, you don't come across <laughs> like that at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. But Bart, thanks for having me on the show again. Of course. A awesome. year later. I'll have to do this hopefully Maybe a year from now, right? Anniversary. Every yeah. March. Yeah. We'll do, do it. That. Let's do that. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks everyone who has tuned in. Look forward to being back in the studio next week. Cheers. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, and may lose value. Brokerage services are offered through to Sarah Capital, member FINRA.